Welcome to Thrive Lathrop Podcast. Here at our church, we believe that everyone can thrive. Make sure to subscribe to our channel and enjoy this life-changing message. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Can I get an amen? amen. Can I get an amen? amen? Can I get a hallelujah? hallelujah. All right. We're live. We're alive and well. God is good. And all the time. Amen. You may be seated. Welcome to Thrive Church. Those of you who have come for the first time, you know, we always say, hey, welcome first time visitors, but I'm just curious. First time visitors, would you please raise your hand? Uh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for being here. I know there's some out here. I know there's some out here. Well, thank you so much for joining us today at Thrive Church. I believe God has got a word uh, for us this morning. Amen. But you know what, man? Pastor Chris is amazing. Our head pastor, he's a visionary, and he's got a way to articulate words and break them down so that we are able to digest the, the word of God. I just want to say thank you to Pastor Chris. I, I want to say thank you to our pastor staff that makes it happen. This place is happening because of people like them, volunteers. I just want you guys to know that all of us at one point started in chairs like that. And if we all decided to take the next step, who knows what God is going to do? Amen. I just ask you guys just to prepare your hearts this morning. And you know what? Today, it's a special day. I'm trying to get my, my thing on here. It's a special day because it's, a, it's Memorial Day weekend. But let me just say this. You know, so there's some high school graduates that are in here, right? Come on. Those of you high school graduates, would you stand to your feet if you're a high school graduate? You just graduated high school. We got none in here? Wow. This is amazing. That was all in the first, oh, how about college graduates? Any college graduates in here? Okay, okay. How about online? Okay, I see you online. All right, all right. Well, you know what? And let's honor, too, why we get this three-day uh, holiday. Our vets. Come on, there's got to be some vets in here. Would you stand to your feet, please? Let us honor you. Would you stand to your feet? If you're a vet, amen. God bless you. God bless you. Thank you for your service. Thank you for your service. It's a good place to be this morning. And I just ask you guys today, the Lord has prepared my heart to give you a lot of scripture. And I just want you guys just to be open. If you're taking notes, please be quick because I'm moving on to the next thing. I got story after story after story. So I want to make sure that you are prepared. If you don't have, if you, if you don't catch everything, please see me afterwards. Amen. Amen. All right. So uh, I got a few important things I like to just uh, run by you if you, if you don't mind. All right. <clears throat> A couple of the church invited the pastor over for dinner one night, and he left the wife, and, and, and he left. The wife said to the husband, I think the pastor stole her spoon. This bothered her the whole year. The next year, the couple had the pastor over again for dinner. Unable to resist, she asked the pastor, did you steal our spoon? The, pa the pastor answered, no, I put it inside your Bible. Ooh. Whoa. <laughs> Several men are in the locker room of a golf club. The cell phone begins to ring on the bench, and the man engages the hands-free speaker function, and he begins to talk. Everyone else in the room stops and begins to listen. Hello, he says. Hi, honey. It's me. Are you at the club? 
He responds, yes. She says, I'm at the shops now, and I found this beautiful leather coat, and it's only $2,000. Is it okay if I buy it? He says, sure, if you like it that much. She goes on and says, I also stopped by the Mercedes dealership, and I saw the new models. I saw one I really liked. He says, well, how much? She says, $200,000. He says, well, okay, but for that much, I want all the options. She responds, great. One more thing. I was speaking to Jackie, and you know that house that I wanted last year? Well, it's back on the market, and they're asking $2.2 million for it. The man responds, well, offer them $2 million for it, and they'll probably take it. If not, we can go the extra 200000 if it's really what you want. She responds, okay, I'll see you later. I love you so much. He responds, bye, I love you. The man hangs up the phone. The other men in the room were staring in astonishment, mouths wide open. And he turned and he asked, anyone know who this phone belongs to? <laughs> Woo! <laughs> Some of you got that joke. Meanwhile, uh, meanwhile, others didn't get it. Just ask your neighbor. Explain that to me a little bit later. Okay. If you got it, that's the illumination that we're going to lead into. The Holy Spirit as the illuminator. So as I was preparing, I asked the Lord, show me what you want me to write. What, what do you want me to convey? And he says, show me the Holy Spirit, the illuminator. He says, I want you to illuminate my son, Jesus. And so that's what we're doing today. That's what we're doing today. Amen? Amen. Okay. So the title of the sermon is The Holy Spirit, The Illuminator. Would you stand for the word? We're going to be reading out of Ephesians chapter 1, verses 17 and 18. And today, all of my scriptures are going to be done out of the New Living Translation, NLT. In verse 17, if you're there, say amen. amen. You got your Bible. I see some Bibles out there. Praise God. Praise God. All right, here we go. Verse 17, asking God, the glorious Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, to give you spiritual wisdom and insight so that you might grow in your knowledge of God. I pray that your hearts will be flooded with the light so that you can understand the confident hope he has given to those he called his holy people, who are his rich and glorious inheritance. Praise be to God. Amen. You may sit. The main point is the Holy Spirit always illuminates Jesus. Say that. The Holy Spirit always illuminates Jesus. One more time like you know it. The Holy Spirit always illuminates Jesus. Father, we come to you in your son's name, Jesus. Thank you so much for today. This series has been amazing, Lord, on the Holy Spirit. And we just thank you for giving us the words to speak. Lord, I pray that you would help me to convey what you want to this morning to the people that are hearing your word. God, bless this time. Open our hearts. Open our minds. Let our ears hear every scripture and let it sink in, Father. I pray that our spirits will be transformed right now in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. I would like to focus in on a time when Jesus encounters conflict and religious leaders uh, with the religious leaders at the Jewish festival of shelters 
This story is found in the book of John. We're going to be in John for a minute. John chapter 7, starting in verse 1. When you're there, say amen. All right, you're on the screen, I see. <laughs> After this, Jesus traveled around Galilee. He wanted to stay out of Judea, where the Jewish leaders were plotting his death. But soon it was time for the Jewish festival of shelters. And Jesus' brothers said to him, leave here and go to Judea, where your followers, followers can see your miracles. You can't become famous if you hide like this. If you can do such wonderful things, show yourself to the world. For even his brothers didn't believe in him. Now, the festivals of shelters is described in Leviticus. If you ever wanted to study it, it's in chapter 23, verses 30 through, 33 through 44. This event occurred in October, about six months after the Passover celebration. It was to remind them of the days when the Israelites wandered in the wilderness. This is, mind you, this is when uh, Moses takes them out of Egypt and they're wandering in the land. So this event occurred in October. It is to remind them of the days when the Israelites were wandering in the wilderness and lived in little shelters. This was, from, uh, this was for the native-born Israelites and was to be done for each generation. To follow for a time of seven days, it would, remain with, uh, it would remind them of how God rescued them from the land of Egypt. Now let's get back to the story. Jesus lets his brothers know that now is not the right time for him to be in Judea. So he stays back in Galilee. His brothers go to the festival. Jesus also went secretly, but staying out of public view. He knew the people were after him because he knew their hearts and, and he knew the, uh, what they were thinking. Some thought he was a good man while others thought he was a fraud. No one had the courage to speak favorably about him in public for fear of what they would, for fear what they thought would happen to them. Now here we pick up the story in verse 14. Then midway through the festival, Jesus went up to the temple and began to teach. The people were surprised when they heard him. How does he know so much when he hasn't been trained? They asked. Let's fast forward to verse 31. Many among the crowds at the temple believed in him. After all, they said, would you expect the Messiah to do more miraculous signs than this man has done? When the Pharisees heard that the crowds were whispering such things, they and the leading priests sent the temple guards to arrest Jesus. Jump to verse 37. On the last day, the climax of the festival, Jesus stood and shouted to the crowds, Anyone who is thirsty may come to me. Anyone who believes in me may come and drink. For the scriptures declares, rivers of living water will flow from his heart. When he said living waters, he was speaking of the spirit who would be given to everyone believing in him. But the spirit had not yet been given because Jesus had not yet entered into his glory. Amen. Now remember back in verse 32, the relig religious leaders attempted to arrest Jesus. Let's pick up that story in verse 45. 
When the temple guards returned without having arrested Jesus, the leading priest and the Pharisees demanded, why didn't you bring him in? Verse 46, we have never heard anyone speak like this. The guards responded. This leads me to my first point. When God speaks, the Holy Spirit reveals his glory. He brings forth the light and his truth is undeniable. When God speaks, the Holy Spirit reveals his glory. He brings forth light and his truth is undeniable. Amen? You see, the Holy Spirit connects the dots and helps us to know him better. But here the temple guard is returning in amazement without Jesus. Let's look at that here. The temple guard disobeyed a direct order. Sometimes even the truth that you know can totally be changed. Everything that you know to be true, everything that you've been taught since you were a child, every way of life, every culture that one would know and grow up in can be challenged and changed by the words that come out of Jesus' mouth. It's like we've been taught that one plus one plus one equals three. You're telling me that the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit is one. How is that? Because one times one times one equals one. We have the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit all as one. That is the Trinity or the Godhead. We serve a mighty God. We all just looked at things the wrong way many times in our life. But like these temple guards, they got rocked. All that they knew, all that they believed, all their training that they had. When the Holy Spirit flips that switch, you can't help but to see what's going on. You see everything. He speaks words and it comes to life. He breathes fills our lungs, gives us life. We are talking about Jesus, Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Is anybody getting this right now? Am I preaching to somebody this morning? Come on, shout me down. <laughs> the main point, the Holy Spirit always illuminates Jesus. The Holy Spirit always illuminates Jesus. Get this. The Holy Spirit always eliminates, illuminates Jesus. Come on, Jesus. The next story I want to get into is in chapter 8. Chapter 8, about the adulterous woman. John chapter 8, starting in verse 1. Jesus returns to the Mount of Olives, but early the next morning... He was back again at the temple. A crowd soon gathered, and he sat down and taught them. As he was speaking, the teachers of religious law and the Pharisees brought a woman who had been caught in the act of adultery. They put her in front of the crowd. Teacher, they said to Jesus, this woman was caught in the act of adultery. The law of Moses says to stone her. What do you say? Verse 6, they were trying to trap him 
into saying something they could use against him. But Jesus stooped down and wrote in the dust with his finger. Verse 7, they kept demanding an answer. So he stood up again and said, all right, but let the one who has never sinned throw the first stone. Then he stooped down again, began to write in the dust. When the accusers heard this, they slipped away one by one, beginning with the oldest until only Jesus was left in the middle of the crowd with the woman. Then Jesus stood up and said to the woman, where are your accusers? Didn't even one of them condemn you? No, Lord, she said. And Jesus said, neither do I. Go and sin no more. This leads me to my second point this morning. When Jesus writes, Holy Spirit reveals the hearts of mankind. When Jesus writes, the Holy Spirit You see your enemy. The accusers will always bring forth your shame in public. So what was Jesus trying to teach us here? Was Jesus looking to kill the sinners? No. He was trying to save the lost. Those that are in sin. And he wanted to heal their hearts and minds. So why didn't sin offend him? He is God. Yet we learn sin cannot, cannot be in the same place, in the same space as the glory of God because he is righteous and is holy. But get this. Jesus came in the flesh. He was able to walk and commune with those right next to him. He transcended across all physical laws, all spiritual realms and immoral boundaries just to be close to you and I. Just to be close to you and I. I believe this morning as you're sitting there, I believe the Holy Spirit is working on you. It is not by my words, but is his words. It is by his spirit that he's unctioning you right now, even now, stirring your heart because there's more. There's more than you've ever known. There's more than you've ever tasted. And God is saying, I have something new for you today. Yeah. Jesus' life was always about sacrifice because of great love. If you think about it, he lived life among the dead. Because the Bible says we were all dead in our trespasses. Isn't he great? So what did Jesus write in the dust? That's the question. Could it have been every sin that they have ever committed themselves? Hmm. Now had you been the accuser, what would he write about you? 
But you want to know what the hardest thing is? To not hate your accusers. But to forgive them. And pray blessings upon them. This would truly be an act of love. That's what Jesus would do. Got some OGs in here. What does WWJD stand for? Oh, come on. What would he do? (laughs) What would Jesus do in a situation that you find offensive? You've been coming to church for 20 years. In fact, you went to Bible college. You can't tell me anything. I know what to do. Do we really? The moment we think that we got it all under control, like we know it all, that is the moment we deceive ourselves. When you find yourself in tough situations, I hope you're asking yourself, what would Jesus do? How should I answer this person? They just cut me off when I was just going to park there. Uh, They just said something that was very offensive. How should I respond? Do I need to defend myself? How about this? Would you allow God to be your defender? Would you allow him to speak for you? Would you allow him to work in that other person's heart? How, you might say, because instead of responding in anger and lashing out with the same animosity, instead of responding in that moment to justify the injustice that was just done to you, you love that person. So that when when the Holy Spirit comes upon their heart, they recognize it comes to mind. When I offended that person, they are the real thing. They said they're a Christian. And they come to you and they say, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But you're the real thing. That's a victory. The next story, no intermission. The next story is Jesus as the light of the world. Somebody say, light me up. Light me up. up. Say it like you mean it. Light me up. up. All right, all right. (laughs) Let's go to John 8, starting in verse 12. It's a long one, but it's a good one. Jesus spoke to the people once more and said, I am the light of the world. If you follow me, you won't have to walk in darkness because you will have the light that leads to life. The Pharisees replied, you are making those claims about yourself? Such testimony is not valid. Jesus told them, these claims are valid even though I make them about myself. For I know where I came from and where I am going. But you don't know this about me. 
You judge me by human standards, but I do not judge anyone. And if I did, my judgment would be correct in every respect because I am not alone. The Father who sent me is with me. Your own law says that if two people agree about something, their witness is accepted as fact. I am one witness, and my Father who sent me is the other. Verse 19. Where is your Father? They asked. And Jesus answered, Since you don't know who I am, you don't know who my Father is. If you knew me, you would also know my Father. Jesus made these statements while he was teaching in the section of the temple known as the treasury. He's in the temple speaking in a place where you hold your most prized possessions. And right now, your heart and everything that you love and everything that you know, everything that you hold on to, stored right here in your heart. And he's speaking to your treasured, to your treasury. And he wants to add something to it this, this morning. And there could be things that he doesn't have in there that you don't know. Maybe he wants to empty you of those things. Later, in verse 21, Jesus said to them, I am going away. You will search for me, but will die in your sin. You cannot come where I am going. The people asked, is he planning to commit suicide? What does he mean you cannot come where I am going? Jesus continued, you are from below, and I am from above. You belong to this world, and I do not. This is why I said that you will die in your sins. For unless you believe that I am who I claim to be, you will die in your sins. Verse 25, well, who are you? They demanded, who are you? And Jesus replied, the one I have always claimed to be. I have much to say about you, much to condemn, but I won't, for I say only what I heard, have heard from the one who sent me, and he is completely truthful. But they still didn't understand that he was talking about the Father. So Jesus said, when you have lifted up the Son of Man on the cross, then you will understand that I am he. I do nothing on my own, but say only what the Father taught me. And the one who sent me is with me, and he has not deserted me, for I always do what pleases him. Then in verse 30, then many who heard him say these things believed in him. Jesus said to the people who believed in him, you are truly my disciples 
if you remain faithful to my teachings and you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. And even then they still said, but we are descendants of Abraham. They said, we have never been slaves to anyone. What do you mean you will be set free? Jesus replied, I tell you the truth, that everyone who sins is a slave of sin. Everyone who sins is a slave to sins. Verse 35, a slave is not a permanent member of the family. But a son is part of the family forever. Forever. So if the son sets you free, you are truly free. That's such good news. That's such good news. You could be set free today. You could be set free today. Unlock yourself right now. Examine your heart and know what's in your mind. You came in here negative. Something was dragging. Something was pulling at you. But God has something greater for you. But in order to do it, he's got to set you free. He's got to set you free. He's got to set you on a new course, a new place to be. I make my plans, but the Lord determines my steps. He determines my steps. He knows where I'm going to go. Why should I worry? Let him do the work. He's done all the heavy lifting. He's done it all for you and me. So why do we say, oh, I have to work on it myself. Oh, I have to try to do. No. All you have to do is to surrender. Surrender. Can you surrender your heart? Can you surrender your mind? Can you surrender your ways, your, your thoughts? Your thoughts betray you. Jesus comes to set you free. Verse 37. Yes, I realize that you are descendants of Abraham. And yes, some of you are trying to kill me because there's no room in your hearts for my message. Third point. Freedom is not earned or deserved, but is given by Jesus and revealed by the Holy Spirit. Can you share the picture of heaven's gates, please? Take a look at that. Oh, gaze, put your eyes upon that. Come on. How wonderful this place. Heaven. Jesus came. about the kingdom showing us how we can help ourselves in this life helping others 
What is the mission? What's my purpose? Jesus says, preach my gospel. Show them my love by how you respond. place right here represents freedom. It represents no more death. It represents no more suffering, no more pain, no more sickness, no more sin. We are restored, restored to the place that God intended for us to be. If you can't get excited about that, what are we doing? Come on. If you died right now, if you were on your deathbed right now, you would be asking, what do I do? How do I get saved? I'm glad you asked. In Revelations, he describes heaven as this beautiful place a new earth, a new heaven, a new Jerusalem. Satan and sin is banished once and for all. Right now you may be feeling overwhelmed by the presence of the living God. that just means that the Holy Spirit is drawing near to you and he wants to point you towards Jesus he's very concerned with you he knows all the hair on your head he has them all numbered he created you uniquely not one of us has the same fingerprint not one of us has the same DNA we're all different all have different abilities and gifts and all those good things are coming from God and he saw fit that it was you well who am I pastor who am I I I can't do those things I don't speak I don't do these it doesn't matter you just have to represent you just have to represent some of you guys wear football hats jerseys you don't play on their team but you represent that's what we need to do for him remember Jesus said so if the son sets you free you are truly free let's let's make room in our hearts this morning message he's knocking at the door of your heart and in Matthew he actually says everyone who acknowledges me publicly here on earth I will also acknowledge before my father in heaven but everyone who denies me here on earth I will also deny before my father in heaven 
He says also in Matthew 12, anyone who isn't with me opposes me and anyone who isn't working with me is actually working against me. So I want to ask you this morning, whose side are you on? Do you want to secure your place in heaven? It's a gift. And all you need to do is receive it. Thank you again for tuning into our podcast. For more info, please visit our website at thrivelathrop.com. Have an amazing rest of your week.